On this episode of the Restore It All podcast, we've got a fan of the pod whose job it is to divine business and technical requirements out of the customer. We thought it was a perfect follow-on to the episode with Jeff on how to divine business requirements and technical requirements out of your company. Hope you enjoy the pod. You could restore Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have with me my vicarious thin-set removal consultant, Prasanna Molly Andi. How's it going, Prasanna? I'm good, Curtis, and I think you had a really, really great weekend, right? I between did. I did. Between you know, the Padres? Oh, yeah, yeah, baby, <laughs> Padres. You know, it, it's funny. Yeah, between the Padres and the thin set removal, uh, it was definitely a big weekend for the Preston household. Um, yeah, the Padres. By the way, that that game, according to you know those guys that talk constantly during the the thing and they pull out the stats, that game is the second biggest upset in the history of Major League Baseball. Uh, if you look at the number of games that um la has won this season and the number of games the padres have won this season and the <laughs> fact that they beat them it's the second largest spread the first one is it's it's a distant second because the first one the winning team won 128 games uh and like that that's also the highest record of the number of games won mm. in the season anyway that was and what's funny is I'm, as you know, I'm not even that big of a sports fan. I, I was actually surprised right. you were watching. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, you know, when the hometown team is playing and they're in the playoffs, uh, you know, even when they were in the wild card, uh, I was watching and that was great to see them, you know, win that. And then to see them beat the Dodgers, uh, to see them beat the Dodgers on the road first and then come home to win twice, uh, it it's a it's a big week to be San Diego. It's a, they're apparently like they're not even waiting for the World Series. They're painting the town like yellow and brown right now, which are for the record the worst colors for any <laughs> major league team of any kind. I think um, probably I don't know yes. maybe the maybe the Cleveland Browns because they're yeah. just brown. You know when you said um, yellow and brown, you know the first thing I was thinking like pee and poop. I know that's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of yellow and brown. I mean, the Dodgers, they had this beautiful blue and white, you know, we, we get yellow and brown. What the hell's up with that? Anyway. Um, yeah. And then, and then, the and then thin of set. course, yeah. And then the thin set, the removal of, you know, for those of you following at home, how I've been laying down luxury vinyl tile. This was when I removed, I am, this is way past the point of no return. I have now removed all of the tile and the, um, the per pergo that was in the dining room. And now I had somebody come in and chisel down, um, the, the thin set. And then I, I did, and then I did some scraping after that. Um, and, uh, so now my, it's just really dirty. It's like dusty and dirty. Dusty. Other than yep. that, it's ready to, uh, and I got like air cleaners running <laughs> around the clock. <laughs> yeah. You do not want to be breathing that stuff in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so then it'll be done next week, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because it only takes like an hour to lay 
roughly 500 square feet of, of, uh, vinyl tile. So yeah, mm -hmm. vinyl planking, sorry. Anyway, anyway, enough of that nonsense. Before we bring our guest on, I'm going to do the uh, disclaimer. Persona and I work for different companies. He works for Zoom. I work for Druva. This is not uh, an official podcast of either company. And uh, the opinions that you hear are all personas. And the, um, if, you, if you like what you hear or, or see, by the way, uh, check out, we've got a video version of this podcast at BackupCentral.com. Be sure to check that out. It, you know, if you're a video person and check Although, out Santa's beard. Say, yes, yeah, Santa's Santa's beard. You, and, then, and then we say, you know, if you want to join the podcast, if you want to join the conversation, just reach out to me at WC Preston on Twitter or W Curtis Preston at Gmail. And someone did that. They were a fan of, we have a, we have a fan. So one of, you know, there's another, there's another podcast. They, the, the phrase they use is, uh, you know, we have one of our 11 listeners, uh, there's a, there's a podcast that I listen to that does that. Uh, so we have one of our 11 listeners on today. Our guest today has over 25 years experience in IT, a lot of it in the storage space. He's currently the enterprise architect for Presidio, an IT reseller and consulting company. You can hear him on their podcast called Digital Decode. Welcome to the podcast, Eric Bursley. All right. Thank you. Uh, and a big, thank you for big being build up the there. Yes. <laughs> Very big build up. <laughs> Probably the you know, we don't, we, we, we've only had like, I don't know, three or four people that in the history, you know, we're coming up on 200 episodes and we've, I think we've had like three or four people out of that that have reached out to us. It's just like randomly, Hey, I'm a fan of the pod and, um, you know, I'd like to come on. We need more people like that. We need more like that, you know? So if you're sitting out there that, you know, I think the biggest thing, I think people are like, Oh, well, my story won't be as interesting or whatever. You know what? If it's got anything to do with backup, we're kind of desperate, you know. I mean, it's <laughs> this is a this is a, a niche, right? Uh if, if if we can somehow relate it to backup, data protection, information security, information security is very closely related to backup these days. Um we should just convert this to a you know a ransomware podcast because that's all anybody <laughs> wants to hear. <laughs> Exactly. Actually, what drew me to your podcast the first time I listened to it was your theme song. Ah, hey. <laughs> I thought it was great. There so you go, that Curtis. theme song, I, yeah. So, so an interesting story about that theme song. The theme song predates the podcast. The podcast got its name from the theme song. The singer is my daughter. Uh, I wrote the lyrics. Uh, there's actually a video. I don't know if you've seen the video. There's actually a full video in which I play a, a cameo role. I'll put a link to it in the, uh, in the show notes. It's on, it's on YouTube and you know, you can see me uh, dancing in the ocean at one point. Um, it is a dated pod or dated video. Yeah, it's, it's dated. Um, uh, you know, I'm slightly, I have slightly more hair and slightly less gray. Um, and, um, yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun. And yeah, that's that's my daughter. And she has three backup singers that are also her. It, it's kind of funny. We, we had her on the podcast. I should put a link to that. We had her on the podcast to talk about it. And she created three backup singers and she gave each of them in her mind a name and a personality. <laughs> and then she sang like that personality. She was really all into it. She's a great singer. She actually um, she right now gets paid um, as a cantor for a Catholic church. Um, 
you know, she, so she's technically a professional singer. She gets paid a couple hundred bucks a week to, to sing for, uh, for a church in Carlsbad. <laughs> go San Diego, go Padres. <laughs> anyway. So, so I'm glad, I'm glad that, that was, uh, that was actually where first. we got our yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, yeah. uh, so now we'll, we'll give you a link to the video so you can see the, you can see <laughs> the full, the full thing. There's actually like, I got, I don't know, what do I have? Like seven or eight, um, yeah. parodies that I did. Oh, um, I did that one. We did a, we did a, um, uh, uh, shoot, help me persona. We did the, of course the, the one about virtualization Macklemore. <laughs> uh, we did a, we did a, uh, you know, the, I'm going to pop some tags. Only yeah. got 20 that. So mine was, I'm going to build VMs. Got at least 20 guests in my server. I'm i I'm a virtual getting rid of servers. VMs are so awesome. <laughs> there you go. So we did that one. Anyway, nobody wants to hear about this. Let's move on. Let's, let's talk about let's talk about stuff. Um, how's it going over there? It's Aaron? going well. It's going well. How's it going at, at Presidio? Why don't you give me give me an overview of what what you do as a company and and then how yeah. do you fit into that? So Presidio is a uh, solutions uh, provider for IT, and we have various uh, capabilities within the industry from um, hybrid cloud to public cloud, um, private cloud, uh, communications such as uh, unified communications, managed services, um, you know, a lot of um, different silos within IT. Um, I like to think of us as uh, more than a value-added reseller because we not only sell value with the traditional OEM such as Dell, Cisco, and HP, um, but we can also provide true consulting and management services as well across various things. So um, lots and lots of capabilities within Presidio itself. Yeah, I would like to think that every VAR should be like that, but clearly every VAR is not like that, right? I think they start often having dealt with a number of VARs over my years. Um, I think they often start with what are the three things we sell? <laughs> and then how do we shoehorn the three things that we sell into whatever customer comes up? I think the, the biggest challenge, I think, for a VAR of any kind is, okay, so we have to back up. Have you seen the... Um, Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, a while ago, the yes. Classic. Okay. Hopefully the original because <clears throat> the others just stunk. Anyway, <laughs> the, you know, there's the thing in there where Santa sends somebody, you know, a little, a little girl asks for something. And he's like, you know, uh, they actually have, you know, it's set at Macy's. And, and, and Santa says, you know, Gimbal's actually has a much better ABC than we do. Uh, you should go to Gimbal's. And then <laughs> they, were, they were not very happy with that. <laughs> Um, I think that's the biggest challenge is somebody comes in and says, you know, we, th they articulate to you their requirements and then your requirements, their requirements don't match well to a product that you have. Right. Exactly. And I, I see that a lot in my industry where one of our sales leads, um, is tightly coupled um, with an OEM and wants to sell that particular solution, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And it's like always putting in that square peg into a round hole. <laughs> Sometimes it will fit and I've seen it fit, 
Um, other times it's not a perfect match because they're not double checking and triple checking what the actual business requirements were talking uh, with the C-levels about what are they trying to achieve in the next year to 18 months to five-year business plan and understanding the direction that they want to go. Um, you know, one of the primary examples I've heard recently is we want to move to an operational expense structure. Therefore, we need to move to a public cloud. And that is not always the case um, in terms of the business objective. It, it, it could be um, that they want to change the way their uh, business costs are structured rather than a capital expense move into an operational expense, but leaving some of their applications on site. Um, and, and Presidio can actually help with that um, because we can operationalize what would traditionally be a capital expense, put it into an operational expense, regardless of the, the vendor that's involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> one, one of the challenges with us as, you know, techies is we get interested in a particular technology. We see something, we see a webinar, we see a, you know, whatever. I, I'll give you a perfect example. And, and I'll, I'll use, I use a product category that isn't as big as it used to be. If we go back to sort of the turn of the century, <laughs> there was an, there was a backup type that was everywhere. And that was CDP, right? Continuous data protection. If you went to storage networking world, shout out to Nessa W. Haven't seen you in a long time. Storage networking world, there'd be like 10 CDP boots, right? Um, and, and CDP as a technology sounds amazing. There are CDP companies that are out that are here now, and I, I hope they're doing great. The problem was that there were like three companies <laughs> that, that had business requirements that mapped to CDP, right? And so you had like, a dozen companies that were selling CDP solutions and you had, it was the classic thing of a problem waiting for, or a product waiting for a problem. And the problem is as techies, we're like, that sounds amazing. I can get a zero, an RTO and an RP and an RPO of zero. That sounds amazing. Where do I sign? But if we don't have a business requirement that goes with that, you're, it, it seems you, it might seem wrong. Say, like, oh, but that would be the best, right? That would we want the best backup system for the company. No, you want the best backup system that meets your requirements. And spending beyond that <laughs> is is a waste of money, right? It, right. It's a bit like, um, do you want a Bugatti say, to drive on the? That's exactly school, where I was going, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, my only job <laughs> is to drive my granddaughter to school, and so I'm going to buy a Bugatti, right? Uh, it would be cool, but, um, you know, I'd be the coolest, you know, grandpa pulling up <laughs> with my Bugatti. Uh, I was going to go Lamborghini, by the way, but nah. whatever. For the record, one <laughs> podcast has actually driven a Lamborghini once. Yeah. Um, okay, you win. <laughs> once. And by the way, it was only from 
the showroom floor back to the dealership. <laughs> and it was like, keep it under 45, Curtis. Um, anyway, I digress. But yeah, that's, I think as technologists, we get, to, we get excited in a particular technology. Another thing that happens as technologists and in the backup space, we get angry at our current backup product right? We, we have challenges with our current backup product and we think our, what's our immediate idea? Our immediate idea is to replace the backup product, right? Uh, I, I did 20 plus years of IT consulting and the, the answer to the problem was almost never replace the backup product, right? It was you're using it wrong, right? The problem was not software. The problem was not hardware. The problem was wetware, right? <laughs> uh, and, you know, it, it was the whole, like, the, the tape, uh, the, the the streaming problem, how to get the tape stripped. That, that was the problem 90% of the time. Um, anyway, I'm sorry, I digress. But that but that, that's the problem is we get, we're techie people. We see a technical problem. We want to solve it with a technical solution, right? Or we see a cool technical thing and we want to just bring it into the environment. But we have to go back. If we're going to spend money, we have to go back to the business. Uh, I'm sorry for that really long rant, but it just... I, 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 <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah. It wasn't it's even actually, a question, Eric. So good luck. Answer. Actually, one of the struggles um, that I have... Um, almost on a weekly basis is, you know, the, the account manager coming in saying, we're going to put vendor X into this customer without aligning those business objectives. They could be perfectly fine with it, but like in the backup products, they're wanting the new HTML5 interface. They gotta have that new HTML5 interface, or they need to have ransomware protection built in, not realizing that there's more to ransomware protection than just what's in the backup product. Right. Um, it, that's like I have in my ransomware workshop that I, I provide to our customers. Ransomware protection is kind of like an onion. It's a multi-layered approach. Um, and much like an ogre, it gets ugly and green. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it, yeah, and it's like an onion that the more you look at, it, you know, the more you dig into it, the more you cry, right? Um, exactly. Absolutely. And it it surprises me the number of times they come in, and the customer could be a very happy customer of Veeam, right? But they want to put in the new hyper converged backup solution because it has an HTML5 interface, and that's what they're selling it on. Mm. So, which doesn't it's quite a really align. pretty interface. <laughs> well, I think one of the challenges there too is if you, like you said, if you don't go to the back to the business and have those conversations, then even if you do push out this new hyperconverged solution, right, the business may not be happy with it, and that's going to look bad to you who had recommended picking a certain technology, right? They're like, oh, right. we just gave you a bunch of money, and what did it really do for us? Not much, and it caused all these problems, or it had all these gaps, etc. Right, so. Exactly. Or they complain about the performance of their backup solution when they bought a brand new production array, new production servers, and reestablished those older servers as their backup servers 
because they want more longevity out of it and then complain about the performance. Does performance matter? You know? Only on resource. <laughs> <laughs> that is very, very true. You know, and, and, and to, to go back, you know, and that really is the only thing that matters, right? I often say on the podcast, right? No one cares if you can back up. They only care if you can restore. And the the challenge we had back in the day was the only solution to the tape problem that any of the backup vendors had uh, for the most part was multiplexing, right? To, to interleave multiple backup jobs together into one faster backup job that would hopefully make the tape drive happy and, and, and allow it to stream and not be shoe shining all the time. And the problem with that is that it totally screwed over restores, right? You had to read the 20 different backup jobs and throw away 19 of them for the one that you needed, which meant your restore performance was crap, right? That's the one thing I do not miss um, from the, the backup days. But le- let's talk about um, how how do we get, what what's it like? You, you I'm sure you've had some conversations where in your head, what you're trying to get to is an RTO and an RPO, you know, but as you said, that that's too, too deep for many of the conversations that you're having. What questions are you asking uh, to get to that question? So I, I ask uh, more open-ended questions and the more the business leader talks, the, the mm-hmm. more information I get. Um, so I will ask a question like, you know, what would happen if Cerner disappeared you know, what, what, what would you do? Um, and that gets into their business continuity plan. Mm-hmm. What do they do? Um, doctors and nurses that use the Cerner application, they could go back to pen and paper. That is a legitimate, you know, uh, business continuity plan. It's not a long-term plan. So what's the next phase on the recovery process. And that gets into the disaster recovery portion of the business continuity plan. Um, How long can they function on pen and paper? Okay. If they can continue to function for another hour or two, that helps me to develop those service level objectives around, do we need to create the application more highly available with no single points of failures? Um, with a potential zero RTO RPO, um, which I have created and can create, but you still have to have multiple recovery points because in in a ransomware attack, for example, both copies of your data set are now corrupted. So you still have to be able to recover back in time. Um, so I, I get into those discussions at a, a higher level as well. What exactly does that mean? Um, what would happen if they lost five minutes of patient records? Well, many times it's like, well, five minutes, that could be life or death, depending on the situation. It may not be because they could roll back to the pen and paper. Um, or yeah. the, the doctor will remember what he wrote. That's interesting. I, I, I immediately started thinking about, so currently I, so I'm a, uh, a poll worker, right. Uh, for the upcoming election, I have been for like the last four elections and in San Diego, San Diego, based on, you know, some pushes from, uh, California, uh, basically has updated to, you know, an electronic system from beginning to end your check. You know, we have an electronic poll book, we have an electronic, 
um, you know, system, the, the, the ballot marking device is electronic. It produces a paper ballot, but it, it is an electronic system that you're, that you're voting on. Um, the, the, it's an electronic system that produces a paper ballot, right? Uh, and then all of that communicates through a single point of failure, <laughs> which is a cradle point router, right? That, that, um, that provides an encrypted communication channel back to mm-hmm. the, the registrar of voters. And I, being the type of person, I started asking, you know, it's not really a business, but business continuity questions, right? Because, you know, a business, the big problem is if you're down, the customer might go somewhere else, right? That's not really a choice in an election, right? The, if, if the business is down, you get disenfranchisement of voters, which is the number one thing you don't want. So I was very, I was very pleased to see that they had included that, uh, both for the the easy answer for the if a if a site is down, is the nearest site is two miles that way, right? Uh, you know, right. we are dead. We have a if they don't want to do that, we have a backup plan for that. But the the nearest site is two miles that way, and that's not a big deal, and that's something that I don't think an average business might it might not have that in its tool chest. Uh, but we do have emergency ballots. We have a big stack of emergency mm-hmm. ballots. And this is in the case of um, catastrophic system-wide, the registrar of voters goes down. We get attacked by a ransomware attack on on one of the election days. We actually have up to 11 days of, of in-person voting. And uh, we have paper ballots. Uh, so just like those doctors, we can go back to pen and paper. It is a giant mm-hmm. pain in the ass because you actually have to write. They're not pre-pentured ballots like the old days with with the names of the candidates. You actually have to write the name of the candidate that you want, and then and then check the, you know and then check the box. But there's a mechanism for people but to there continue. There is to vote. a mechanism, yeah. right? And what matters for us, what matters for those businesses, is it fits in. This is why I brought it up: is that it fits into the purpose of that that organization, right? And 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 what like if the system if the systems go down in a hospital, for the most part most patients are not going to immediately uh, die, right? right? Some some patients might, right? The, there, are, there are systems that must be highly available <laughs> in a hospital, right? Uh, and those systems, I'm guessing, have redundancy after redundancy after redundancy because you can't, like the, the a ventilator or a, um, what, what do they call it? The, when they put you on a, when they talk about pulling the plug, whatever that, whatever it's that ventilator is called. Yeah. yeah. No, not, not just a ventilator, but well, whatever. It doesn't matter. But clearly I am not a doctor and please don't <laughs> take any medical advice from me. You, you, that's another, that's another thing is also that you can have multiple SLAs within your business, right. For different exactly. applications. You want to talk about that a little bit? Right. So, um, yeah. I, when I describe um, what a service level objective is to the business leaders, I describe various cases of business continuity. And, you know, if it's just a simple, I need to file restored, for example, that would have potentially a five minute SLA. If I need to restore an entire virtual machine, that could be a 30 minute SLA. Um, and, you know, if I have to restore an entire data center, we're looking at multiple 
day SLA. If that is not sufficient for the business leader, it's like, well, in order to achieve this, we're going to have to create a new system that can get there. And that's when I start designing out uh, the IT infrastructure to meet their objectives. Yeah. And typically and, that probably comes what they cost though, right? Exactly. <laughs> but if they desire it, yep. I'm giving them the cost to achieve it and then right. they can back off on it. Yeah. Um, if I tell, if I just point blank ask them the question, so what's your RTO and RPO? If they understand what that acronym is, immediately they're going to come back and say zero 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 zero. <laughs> exactly. They're yeah, going to come we back. say that a lot. Yeah, it's like well, in order to achieve that, I'm going to need to sell you and construct this new highly available solution. It's you know one point x billion dollars, and my sales. <laughs> person is going to be extremely happy <laughs> and they're going to come back. I don't have a billion dollars to spend. It's like, okay, well, let's talk about what you can do. And as Curtis was mentioning earlier, different um, applications within the infrastructure will have a different SLA, therefore tiered approach on recovery. Right. And you could create a highly available solution for 1% of your applications for right. much less than, you know, a zero RTO RPO for 100% of your applications. Yeah. So, so we can, yeah, we can get you that RPO and RTO of zero for just that one application for $200,000 instead <laughs> of $1 billion. And they're like, sold. Exactly. Um, and, you know, along with that one application, it's dependencies that come along with it and understanding what they are so that they get recovered in the same point. Um, I actually had one customer that was leveraging uh, a uh, particular backup set and they were recovering into um, a recovery data center. I don't want to get into specifics about the vendors uh, to be disparaging of any of, of them. The customer had valid backup sets. Okay, they were 100% valid backups. Their plan to test with is we're going to sever communications from production oh. and we are going to recover just from that backup set into the bare metal servers that this provider was providing up. They couldn't authenticate to their backup set because the Active Directory was not there. Yeah, yeah. That's the same problem that we had with the, with this this guy that, that recovered after a hurricane. He, yeah. They had to they had to authenticate back to the mainland because uh, they were on an island and they had and they couldn't they couldn't get there. But, yep. but well, but let me ask you a question. So what the the failure there to me would be in the system the initial system design, right? A backup system needs to be and a DR system needs to be kind of self sustaining, right? It, it should. And as I um, talk through the scenario with my customers about how to test it, developing a test plan, um, I go through, well, how's it going to authenticate? Well, Active Directory is how we authenticate. Okay, great. So do you have a synchronous copy of your Active Directory as a DR site? <laughs> and it's like it, it it's a, oh Crickets. yeah we yeah, need okay. that <laughs> yeah right. yeah we need that um and you know one of the things that comes up frequently is certificate authorities you know 
how, how do we make sure that our certificate authorities are valid um, at the DR site? Mm. And how do we recover that if it, it's, uh, you know, we lose our certificate chain? Yeah. Um, because now you get invalid SSL certificates, as an example, when you're trying to authenticate. So um, I go through how that functions and how to protect that and how to restore that. Because, but here's the question is, who are the right folks to talk to in this case? Because if you talk, like going back to the Cerner example, right? If you talk to the Cerner developer, right? They would know, okay, for Cerner, the application, here are the components that are required. If you talk to the IT admin, they may not know everything for Cerner, but they may know, okay, here's the things I need for SSL certificate authorities and for Active Directory. Do you just basically get both those folks in a room and be like, hey, let's walk through what this looks like end to end and what are all the app dependencies or do you basically it's, it's, try yes. to connect the pieces together <laughs> I, I many times uh presidio as a whole um will have multiple conversations um and sometimes where we're getting conflicting information we will bring both teams into the room um that happens quite a bit with my ransomware workshop where security is saying one thing the the network engineers are saying another thing <laughs> Um, and the backup data center engineers are saying a completely different thing and they're not in alignment. So with my ransomware workshop that Presidio has, free to our customers, by the way, um, we sit in the room typically with a C-level who's just there to listen and provide input where he or she needs that input. Um, but it's like, so how are you detecting ransomware? How are you able to recover from ransomware? And it really brings more of a camaraderie because many times these IT organizations are siloed and they're not talking. We help to develop that conversation. Yeah, that that siloed business, you know, the, the departmental silos is definitely a huge problem. I, um, now, I'm going I'm to preface my following statement with... Uh, <laughs> to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. When I was hearing, when I was hearing your, all of the problems that you have with authenticating all of that and bringing things up in a, in a, um, you know, in a DR environment, my immediate thought was, well, we wouldn't have that problem, right? Um, <laughs> you know, having a cloud service, I think this is one of those things I think that makes a strong argument for a cloud service and against an on-prem system. It's not that you can't do it, right? It's not that an on-prem system can't do it. Uh, it's that you will have challenges that you wouldn't have otherwise. Um, I would, I would challenge you on that though, Curtis. What's that? Go ahead. That challenge away. Uh, that just given how the technology works at the company you work at, right? Um, yeah. If you are using some components like the on-premises Active Directory component used for authentication, you as a company you, would have to be aware of that and make sure that gets replicated. You could have you, you could you could create problems. Yes, you could create problems. Yes, that is you correct. could create problems. Well, but again, I'm I'm back to the same thing. Is well, first off, don't do that. Yeah, don't authenticate <laughs> your backup system to Active Directory. Done. Don't do it. Okay, I, I so, concur. So yes, if <laughs> yes. if if you do that, in my opinion, really dumb thing. Yes, you could bring an on-prem problem into the cloud. Yeah, right. right. I, I actually Sorry go I, yeah. further on that. Um, and not only the backup infrastructure should be in its own authentication domain, mm -hmm. but the entire IT infrastructure should be in a separate authentication domain from the user domain. One you way know, trusted, you know, but 
not insane. Yeah, yeah. I I want to do like the football guys. Go. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've yeah. had conversations where it's like, we just finished consolidating all of our active directories down into one forest. And I'm telling them to break it up again. Right, right. I mean, it it sounds great until you start to think about cybersecurity, right? And when you think about, especially, and again, I, you know, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm picking on, but especially if you are running a Windows-based backup system, Right. You know, your active directory gets hacked, this gets compromised, and then boom, they just slide right on over into the backup server and then do bad, bad things. Right. Um, yeah. So I so you're right, you're right, Persona. We could bring on-prem yeah. problems but, into the cloud. Yeah. But that's why it's uh, you yeah. should be aware of what you're bringing. Because if you had just gone and replaced your backup product, right, you might still have had the same issue. So it's I think it's like what Eric said. Think about the entire application, the dependencies, everything else, right? Because you might fix one problem, but you might still have exposure in another area. Yeah, yeah. So so talk to someone. Uh, and the thing is, for, for those of you listening at home, we actually have no idea how long we're running today because we've had technical problems with our recording system that has broken this up into three separate recordings. It's been a lot of fun. But I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of round us out here because I think we're somewhere in the neighborhood of our usual recording time. Um, and damn it, I had a I ha I was going somewhere. What were we talking about? I was just saying, like, don't look at everything holistically. Like, don't just look at one component and replace it because you might still have exposure and gaps in the other parts. I got it. Okay. And I'm gonna say, find the Eric at your vendor. Right. Um, you know, we could we could pick on sales guys all day long. Right. But the reality is their goal is to, is to sell product. And the the Eric at your company, the, the vendor that you're working, make sure you know, you can't you can't dismiss either side. You need the techie side and you need the business side. And 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 Eric is you're you're not unique, Eric, but you're definitely a you're a you know, you're an endangered species, people that can talk both the the business side and the technical side. I was going to say um, hot commodity, but hot. Yeah. Hot. commodity. <laughs> that's that's uh, what do you call it? Uh, better than endangered species. <laughs> uh, yeah. So talk to the Eric at your company. Uh, do you have any do you have any final thoughts for us, Eric, here? Um, so if you're interested in my company, um, you know, you can find out more about us at presidio.com uh, we've got a great website that tells you everything about us um, we also have a podcast uh, that you can listen to called the digital decode that gets into more about what presidio can offer um, in terms of our products and solutions all right sounds good and persona have you had a good time today with all our all our I, technical <laughs> fun it has been interesting and i'm really curious why it's been behaving the way it's been behaving but Yes. Other than that, it's been fun. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. I just want you to know this one was really hard. <laughs> if that matters to you, be sure to subscribe so that you can restore it all.